0: Hebrews 11, verse number one, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now here we see in verse number four, By faith, Abel. Old Testament salvation, were they saved by faith? Were they saved by works? Were they saved by faith plus works? I'd submit to you this evening they were saved by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. And we we see the outworkings of faith is works. Right, because it, and we're going to go through all of this in Hebrews chapter 11, but we see by faith, and then we see also an explanation of what had happened after they had faith. (laughs) They did something with the faith that they had. Now, I would ask you this morning, are you doing it? By grace are you saved through faith? Right? it's not of yourself it's 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 a gift from God right so by faith you trust in what Christ did for you he saves you now what are you going to do are you saved unto good works you should be you, you, it should be evident in your life but it should be evident to others that you're saved wouldn't you say that's a reasonable outworking of your faith in Christ all right let's get back to Hebrews chapter 11. Because these Old Testament saints, they didn't put faith in Christ like you and I do. They put their faith in the truth that God has revealed to them. Um, Verse number five, look what it says uh, about Enoch. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Isn't that an interesting contrast? You've got Abel, by faith in verse four. You've got Enoch by faith In verse 5 And don't those two really give you The uh, the Contrasted uh, Polar opposite If you will I mean Abel Cain slew his brother Abel Abel died a horrible death His blood spilled upon all the earth Enoch He didn't <laughs> He was just translated. Both of them have what? Faith. No matter how you leave this world. You better leave it with faith. Whether you're slaughtered and your blood is spilled and you're murdered. Or the rapture happens now. You've got to have faith. If you want to be with the Lord. Either way. For us. For us. And so we see that. Contrast between Abel and Enoch. Now look at verse number six. Bible says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How are you gonna please God? Faith or works. What does verse six say? Verse 6 says, you better bring some faith. You want God to be pleased. So what must you do? Well, believe that he is. By faith. By faith. Look at verse number 7. Now we get to the next one. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Remember back in verse 1 and 2, talk about what is what is the definition of faith, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see in verse 7, Noah is being warned of God. He didn't see what was coming. God did. What did he do? He had faith in what God told. Him. He didn't see any of it. Now he did when the flood came, but when God said, hey, Here's what I got for him. He didn't see any of that. Not when God told him. He just believed them by faith. Uh, moved with fear uh, in verse number seven. Then he says, prepared an ark to the saving of his house or his soul. For the saving of his house. So he did prepare an ark. He did do a work. But that work didn't save his soul, that work saved his house, his household, okay? Him physically. And we know he's still not alive, he died, he died in faith, that's what Hebrews 11 is talking about. I'm just drawing this out to show you that the works that he did when he obeyed God brought him physical salvation. By the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by what? Faith. You can't miss you can't miss any of this by faith stuff. Go back to Genesis six. Let's do, do a little quick side trail here in Genesis chapter number six regarding Noah. Keep your finger in Hebrews eleven. Genesis chapter 6, people say, well, in in the Old Testament, they had to be saved by faith and works. I would submit to you they were saved by faith. And the evidence of their faith was seen in some works. But in Genesis chapter number 6, watch what it says in verse number 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. When you get down to verse number eight, it says, but Noah, anytime you see the word but, that draws out the contrast. That draws out a difference that happens in the text. Well, Noah didn't do that wickedness. Noah wasn't involved in that. Noah's works were good works. He wasn't involved in that crowd. Did his work save him, or did his faith save him? Well, Hebrews 11 tells us by faith. Genesis 6 shows us by the mere fact of the contrast, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Well, we know the definition of grace. It's unmerited favor. But we also can draw some pretty good truth from the fact that Noah wasn't included in the verse 5 and the verse 6 of all the wickedness to grieve God's heart. So So did his faith save him, or did his work save him, or did his faith and work save him? Well, his faith and his work saved his life at that point, but I believe his faith is what God saw, and that is what saved him. Why do you say that? Because if Noah's work saved him, then he lost it because in three chapters later, he's drunk. (laughs) How are your works going to save you when everyone we see in Hebrews 11 had failures in their life? They would have lost their salvation. So something to think about. Go back to Hebrews 11. When, when when Noah got drunk in Genesis 9, did he lose his salvation? I don't think he did. Look at Hebrews 11 again. Go to verse number 8. Then the Bible says, by faith Abraham. Okay, we see that. Uh, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise. Look at verse number 11. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And I mean Abraham lied. Sarah and Abraham had a, a, a kind of—they they believed and then they had a, a better idea. And then we know how that all worked out, and Ishmael and, and the whole situation. And now, what, what did they lose their salvation? No. Everybody in Hebrews 11's got a past that's a problem where they live. But nonetheless, we still do see sometimes. Don't you have highs in your Christian life? You trusted the Lord; your soul is saved. But the sin you got into gave you some consequences here on earth. That yeah, you didn't lose the soul. But we see by faith, um, verse number, uh, verse number thirteen. Now here, the the lens is drawback back. A little bit in verse 13. These all died in faith. Not having received the promises. Now we just got through Abraham. We just got through Sarah. And now we get to verse number uh, uh, 13. These all died in faith. Not having received the promises. What promises? That's a plural. Promises. Land. Material blessings. Offspring. And a blessed nation. And they were all earthly promises. They weren't heavenly promises. Where were they strangers and pilgrims? On the earth, they were strangers and pilgrims. And those promises, they wouldn't, they didn't experience the full the, the, the true, the full fulfillment of them uh, on their days in their lifetime. Watch what it continues to say. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. We talked about that for they, that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from once they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence. Also, he received him in a figure by faith, Isaac, bless Jacob and Esau, concerning things to come. There we go. We see Isaac. Um, Then we see in verse number 21, look at it, by faith, Jacob. Then we see in verse number 22, by faith, Joseph. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Sarah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. You know what? That's all before. They were not under the Mosaic. It's all before that. Although all well, the saved them in the Old Testament, with the keeping of that law, saved them. Well, there's some folks that didn't have the law. They were not under the law. We get to verse. Where do we get here? Uh, well, verse 23. Now we see Moses come into picture. By faith, Moses. Verse 23. Look at verse 24. By faith, Moses. He lived under the law. He was given the law by God to govern that nation. Goes on. We see We see some things here Moses did. Look at verse 29. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. And now by faith, the harlot Rahab. My, my, my. That's a prostitute in Jericho. And she's listed in the roll call of faith. Now, isn't that something? Doesn't that name just stick out to you? Man, I'll tell you, there's some great people, Abel and Enoch and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and, and Joseph and all, and all that. Man, all right, praise the Lord, some great stories in, in the Old Testament regarding those Old Testament saints. Rahab, living in a wicked land of purely, absolutely pagan culture. Under the judgment of God. She's a prostitute. And she's listed in. The roll call of faith. She's not brought up under any good leadership. What do you think? Joshua is teaching her the Old Testament. No. She does not have any opportunity. Except. A pagan culture. Of Jericho. That's her life. Yet she's listed in the roll call of faith. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to make his church pure and spotless. And if you're a member of his church, he's going to make you pure and spotless. When you're washed in the blood of the Lamb. It don't matter your past. It don't matter what you did. God can use, yes, even you. Even you. If God can use Rahab to go on and do great things. You can live. You can live for God. In many ways, you could say it's a picture of the church. In the sense that. Really, we're all prostitutes. We've all gone after idols. We've all gone after false gods. And God said, look, by faith, I will save you. I will give you my imputed righteousness. I will put you in my church, and because you're washed in my blood, you'll be pure and spotless. But it's only by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, There's one thing that came to my mind. But I don't know. Just give me a second if I can find what I was looking for. Oh, okay. Is that it? Okay. Uh, again, look, at verse, uh, look at the end of Hebrews, 30, uh, Hebrews 11, verse number 39. Uh, again, it kind of gives uh, another drawback. It draws a lens back. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, receive not, yeah, here it is, the promise. Um, let me rewind your thoughts a little bit. Remember, we talked about the promises, plural, and they were, you know, blessed land, sure blessings, offspring, all that. Well, at the end of Hebrews uh, 11 verse 39, it, it says promise. It's a singular promise. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, Received not the promise. Yes, they died in faith. But no, they did not receive the singular promise. There's a difference here. Even with the good report. It says God having provided some better thing for us. That they without us should not be made perfect. So there's a promise that they didn't receive. That they can only receive with us. It makes sense? I hope it does that we, as we unpack this thought. Look at it again. They had faith, they had a good report, but they received not the promise. Look at verse 40. God having provided some better thing for us, that'd be us, Christians, that they, that would be. Then back, uh, we talked about Hebrews 11, Old Testament, without us should not be made perfect. Why is this important? Look, they couldn't go to heaven and be with the Lord when they died. You know why? Because they weren't perfect. They weren't made perfect. Remember we looked at, um, I wrote the verses down. We looked at Hebrews 9 last week in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect. You need perfection. All those sacrifices couldn't make you perfect. Hebrews 10, we looked at it last week. Can never with those sacrifices, which they offered year by year continually, make the comers there unto what? Perfect. None of that made anybody perfect. Verse number 39 and verse number 40, they had to weight, And you know what the weight included? Waiting for us. Go back to Hebrews 7. Look at this verse. And keep your finger in Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 7. Verse number 19. For the law made nothing perfect. But. The bringing in of a better hope. Is. By the Which we draw nigh unto God. I think Hebrews is probably one of the most meatiest and most difficult books of the Bible to get through expositionally, correctly. There's so much there. But let me just draw, after I said that, let me draw back and say this. Hebrews is also very simple. It's about a better everything. (laughs) And you know what Jesus is—a better hope. It's the whole idea of looking back. The sacrifice oh no no no! There's a better sacrifice. Oh well, you got hope? Oh no 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 no! There's a better hope. It's a better everything in Hebrews, and that's what we have here. The law didn't make anything perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Go back to Hebrews a lot. Look at verse 32. You've got Gideon, uh, and what shall I say, uh, more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David also and Samuel and of the prophet. Well, those fellows were under the law. They lived under the law. Couldn't make them perfect. Okay, so where did they go? Because if you can't come into the presence of the Lord unless you're perfect, where did they go? Let's go to Luke 16, see if we can get some help. I think the Bible will help us. I know the Bible will help us. Luke 16, look at verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Lazarus here in Luke 16, where did he go? He didn't go to heaven. It says in verse number 22, he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. So he went to Abraham's bosom. What did he receive? Look at verse 25. But Abraham said, Remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now. He is with the Lord? No. Now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Lazarus went to a place where he received comfort. He went to a place where he was under the care, Abraham's bosom, in the care of Abraham, where he received comfort. doesn't say anything about him going to heaven or being with the Lord. He's with Abraham. And he's under his care and he's being comforted. We see that? We look at another one and we'll see what it says about David. Go to Acts 2, Acts chapter 2, verse number, uh, verse number 33. Peter's preaching and he's showing David is good, Christ is better. And he's reminding them, watch what he reminds them of where David went. Acts chapter 2, verse 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the, what? heavens. When David died he didn't go into the heavens but he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. They went to a place called paradise. They were in the care of Abraham's bosom, which we see in Luke 16. And it was a place of comfort. It's a place of, it was a place of waiting. Go to Job, all the way back to the book of Job, because Job believed some things that, this is the oldest book in the Bible, look at Job 19. Job chapter 19, verse number 25. Job 19, verse number 25. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. (laughs) Job believes in this verse in a living Redeemer that is going to come to the earth. Now that's pretty prophetic, wouldn't you say? Look at verse number 26. And though after my skin, worms destroy this body. He believes worms after he dies is going to eat them up. Watch what it says. Yet in my flesh shall I see God whom I shall see for myself. And my eyes shall behold. How? They were eaten by worms and not another, though my reigns be consumed within me. Sounds like he believes that he is going to see his Redeemer with the risen body. Seems pretty clearly prophetic to me. But not yet. Not when he died. Okay? Not when he died go back to Hebrews, we'll look at it in verse, uh, chapter 9 Hebrews 9 I should have got my finger there, but that's okay Hebrews 9 uh, or verse number seven, but into the second with the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. Verse number eight, here it is. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not what? Not yet made manifest. While as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Job didn't go be with the Lord. He was in a waiting period. Because something was not yet made manifest for someone to enter into the holiest. And like we said in Hebrews, there's a better tabernacle. There's a better everything in the book of Hebrews. So where did they go? Genesis 25. It said the same thing is said in different ways throughout the Bible. We looked at Abraham's bosom. We looked at that as compared to a place of comfort, a place of care. There's a waiting period. Paradise. Look at Genesis 25. Look at verse number eight. We'll look at a few of these. There's a bunch of them. But watch how it's noted in the Bible. Genesis 25. Verse number eight. Then Abraham gave up the ghost, I mean, and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years. Now, watch the phrase, and was gathered to his people. So he died, doesn't say he went to heaven, it says he was gathered to his people. Go to Genesis 35. We'll see the same idea. Genesis 35. Look at verse number 29. And Isaac gave up the ghost and died. And was gathered unto his people. Same phrase there. Can't be living people. The guy died. Right? Go to Genesis 49. Genesis 49, verse 33. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the ghosts, and here's the phrase again, and was gathered unto his people. All faith, they all had faith, but none of them died and went to be with the Lord. They were gathered unto their people. Go to Judges 2. This is a good one. Judges chapter number 2. Verse number 8. Judges 2 verse 8. And Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died. Being an hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Harris, in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gash. And also all that generation, here it is, were gathered unto their fathers. Do you know where they went? Unto their fathers. That's where they went. In the care of Abraham's bosom. They were all gathered after they died. Go to Romans 3. Did they go to heaven? No, I don't believe that they went to heaven. Did they go to hell? No, they didn't go to hell. Why not? Romans 3. Romans 3 gives us the answer. They didn't die and go to heaven, they weren't made perfect. Their works didn't save them because they all didn't do. What does James 2 tell us concerning the law or concerning certain commandments? If you fulfill all, all the law, right? But if you offend in one point, what are you guilty of? Everything. Well, Noah had works. Yes, he did. But he also messed up. Well, he only messed up once. Okay, well, James 2 tells us, you mess up once, you're guilty of everything, meaning all the stuff you got. Does that make sense? Their works couldn't have saved them. But they weren't perfect. So when they died, they couldn't go to heaven. Did they go to hell? No, they didn't go to hell. Why not? Romans 3 tells us. Romans chapter number 3, verse number 24. Uh, Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. uh, For all of sin to come short of the glory of God, being justified freely, By his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's how you're going to get redeemed. By Christ. Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation. That's the full payment. Through faith in what? His blood. Well, his blood wasn't shed prior to Calvary's cross. Old Testament saints couldn't put faith in something that wasn't revealed to them and didn't happen yet. To declare his righteousness, watch this, for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. You know why they didn't go to hell? Because of the forbearance of God. God in his forbearance had a place prepared for them that was a place of comfort, that was a place of waiting, that was a place of care. You see two verses, you do have to turn there, but Psalm 68, thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, thou hast received gifts of men. We see it in Ephesians 4, wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And you can look at, we did a series on this Christ dies on the cross, then he rose again. What happened between that period? We got a whole series on that that goes more into depth of at least the best that I can surf fish out of that. Uh, in Pretty good study, but goes a little bit more in depth of that time frame. But that's where I think we're at, this Old Testament salvation and the saints. Now, what about us? What about us? 2nd Corinthians chapter 5. 2nd Corinthians chapter 5. Verse number 6. Therefore, 2nd Corinthians 5 verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that, Whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Our body, right here, right now, we're absent from the Lord. Verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Verse number 8, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be what? Absent from the body and to be present with who? The Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. When you and I die, we have been made perfect through the blood of the Lamb. So when we die, we are absent from the body and we are with who? The Lord. We are present with the Lord. Does that make sense? That's where we go. Why? Because Christ died on the cross. We're on this side of Calvary. Okay? We didn't have to be led, out of cap- led captivity captive, right? We weren't an Old Testament saint that died in faith and was in the care of Abraham's bosom. And then after Christ died on the cross and that blood was shed and the payment was made, now he can take them into the care of the Father and they can go be a warden. I believe that's when Christ moved paradise. But nonetheless, we're not on that side. We're on this side. What side's most important to get? This side we're on? We're not preaching Old Testament saints trying to get them in the care of Abraham's bosom, right? We're New Testament Christians, so we're absent the body, present with the Lord when we die. Or, go to Titus 2, Titus chapter number 2. Watch what it says in verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If we don't die, and we're translated like Enoch was, we're just raptured out of here, guess who we're going to be with? No Lord. That's where saved New Testament Christians go. Old Testament salvation, they didn't get to be absent from the body present. We're in Abraham's care. Last verse to bring this home, Romans 8. Last verse. Romans 8 for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth In pain together until now And only they But ourselves also Which have first fruits of the spirit Even we ourselves groan within ourselves Waiting for the adoption to wit The redemption of our body That'd be great when that happens our salvation will be fully complete when we have a glorified body. Verse number 24, but, uh, or 4, we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. What a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Inform- for we know not what we should pray for as we all, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things Work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We are going to one day have a a redeemed body. But we just don't have it right now. We're talking about in Romans 7, struggling that flesh versus spirit. But I'll just close with this. When we die. We're going to be with the Lord. We don't have to wait. In paradise. Abraham's bosom. We're going to be absent from the body. Presently. So what's the main takeaway? As we close. Old Testament saints. Weren't made perfect. They had to. Work. They had to receive comfort. We're on this side of the cross. When we die, there is no way. Absent with the body, present with the Lord. Or, if we are raptured, same idea, we're going to be with the Lord.